Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We would love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit our website at www.lifechurchofrichmond.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Uh, with Brenda, my wife, and, uh, and then he said uh, he had shingles. And uh, I was uh, taken aback, not just in the, uh, well, first in the natural sense, uh, but I can't exactly explain it to you where it would necessarily make sense. But I got to the point where I told my wife, I got to go out to the car. Um, she thought it was because I was having pain in my knee. But I was pain in my heart for our pastor. And uh, anyway, and I wasn't just wanting to feel sorry for him because I'm like, he needs my prayers. He needs my faith. He doesn't need just my sympathy right now. But I felt like God uh, did something in that moment. And, um, and then... Uh, Tuesday came around and Wednesday and of course that was uh, Tuesday was Christmas and then Wednesday he told me that God uh, he felt like I was doing a miracle that the pain from the shingles had significantly uh, gone away and rejoiced to hear that and praise God I was thinking another praise God because I was like man he's gonna be back Sunday you know uh, but it didn't quite work out that way so I'm here now and I want to preach to you today as it's been stated, he wanted to be here so bad, and he told me this morning that uh, he should be here Wednesday night for prayer meeting. Uh, so if you, uh, if the whole church experience is not what it should be for you unless he is here, well, you, you come to prayer Wednesday night, and uh, you can have the presence of the Lord and the presence of your pastor. Praise God. But all that said, I want to um, uh, take advantage of this a uh, wonderful opportunity given to me. Uh, just kind of worked out that way. You need the glasses. Eventually. And I want to preach to you today because we're here. We're in the presence of the Lord. And while we miss our pastors... And get well soon, Rodney, and we, we need to continually hold them up in prayer. But we're here, and God, we, he wants us to come to church because, well, we need to come to church. We need it. Amen. We need our souls fed and, and replenished. So I want to give you what I feel like God, well, I'm confident God gave to me. So um, let's, let's dig into the Word of God today. I want to, and this is not a... Central text, once again, this is more like a, a diving board or a, a starting point um, in this message. So, uh, so we'll not be coming back to this as our core text, but this is where we're starting. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. We're talking about, uh, less, this message is titled, Change Before the Change. Change Before the Change. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, verse 17. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, 
and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you uh, for your word today. God, we just want to put aside all uh, preconceived feelings, Lord, any, any nervousness on my part, God, and just, God, we just ask that you would touch everybody and uh, uh, minister to everyone as you see fit, and Lord, help us to uh, focus on you and respond to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Praise God. Now, we'll have an altar call at the end of service, as, as we always do, uh, so uh, I just want to challenge you today to see what God has for you. Now, what a privilege it is uh, to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. No matter what your condition when he saved you, it was indeed the most important, the most glorious moment of your life. I can vividly recall the college library that I uh, was in when the Spirit of the Lord invaded my study space where I was trying to uh, uh, focus on my classes, and he compelled me to give my life to him wholeheartedly. It wasn't a religious moment, but me saying yes to Jesus who was, uh, who was drawing me in. I can recall in detail the night that I was baptized, and it was about five and a half, five and a half months later. This was in 1984, and it was in the saving name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he baptized me with his spirit when I came out of the water. Praise God. I was speaking in tongues. I had been a little bit scared of that possibility Praise God. But it was not scary anymore. It was the Spirit of God now inside me. Praise the Lord. And incidentally, for those of you that are seekers or new, about 15, 20 minutes after the end of this service, I was in my car, or my mom's car, I should say, headed home. And the first thing I heard in that church parking lot was a whisper in my ear. You didn't receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. I knew it was the devil talking to me then, but... It, was, it took me a second to realize what was going on there. But he's like that. But praise God, I knew what had happened. I was 19 then, and I had few responsibilities as I still lived at home. And as a new believer, I woke up excited many days and easily felt the presence of God. I could just, it was like I could just feel it without even trying to feel it. It was like, praise God, it's another day. But I was thinking about this yesterday and laughing because... I was working a retail job, and that meant a lot of those days uh, I might have been waking up if I worked, the, you know, that evening, you know, was sleeping in. So it's easy to feel the presence of God at 10 a.m. when you get to sleep till then. <laughs> Praise God. But then reality gradually starts setting in, settling in. I am not a morning person by a long shot. And these days, instead of rejoicing in the Lord the moment that I awake, I am more apt to call on the Lord to help me get out of bed without injuring myself. Hallelujah. Many, uh, back in those early days, I remember a man saying, he's a uh, children's minister, he's a fun person to be around, Denny is his name, and he said, he said, sometimes it's good morning, Lord, and other times it's good Lord, it's morning. Uh, so we all understand. Praise God. 
God gradually lets us learn to walk by faith without sensing his presence so easily. And we learn that our biggest enemy, at least a significant portion of the time, is our own flesh. Life happens to all of us and trials occur. Stuff happens too. Some things that may be totally out of our control and some stuff may be even due to the actions uh, of ourselves or, um, or the actions that are of those that are closest to us. You might be the one holding it all together uh, in a life surrounded by irresponsibility or just a disinterest in serving God by those around you. The news isn't much help either. Now, if you need a Christian news source, I can refer you to an excellent later if you like. But it can just be such a beatdown. And uh, that may be something, Sister Thompson, that uh, a lot of us uh, can fast in, in January and just turn off the negativity. And while well, we need to be informed, but we need to hear the voice of God above all else. Every value, everything that is good, straight from the Word of God, is under attack in our culture. And let me remind us all of what the Bible says about itself in 2 Timothy 3.16. This is in the NIV. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, every word in this book came from God, folks. Let's not let the world take it away from us. Let's not the world make us doubt. It's okay to have questions, and it's okay to try and find, to find answers to those questions. But let's remember who the author of this book is. Praise God. Same verse in the New King James Version says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And one more time, in case you didn't get it the first two times, in the New Living Translation all Scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Amen. And if you need a little bit more, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 through 25 the Bible declares that through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Praise God. You can even take this book I'm holding in my hands and, and, and destroy it in whatever way you would want to, and you would still not be able to kill the word of God. Praise God. It lasts forever. It's easy to drift away spiritually, even to the point of discouragement if we're not careful. The Lord, of course, knew this when he established his church by inspiring the writer of Hebrews to challenge us not to neglect coming to church. We need church and we need the Bible. But even if your faith is shaken today and you feel weak, and you're wondering, am I going to make it? Let me tell you that God wants to minister to you and for you to not only think that you can make it, but rather that you will with all confidence in him. 
you're in the right place today. Praise God. We need to have the attitude of the prophet Micah, and the one that he had in the book of Micah chapter 7. Verse 8 it says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. You know what the, uh, how to define a believer uh, that makes it to, to glory? It's a person that gets up one more time than they fall down. Amen. If you're looking for the perfect life, you're looking for perfect people, this is not the right place. Amen. But this is a bunch of people that have been saved, forgiven, and people that are determined that no matter what happens in this life, we will serve the Lord. Praise God. On May 6, 1863, up near Chancellorsville, after the Battle of Chancellorsville, there was a Union soldier, and uh, he was laid out on the ground there, looked to be dead, and they had the muskets uh, like they do where they stack them about three at a time or so. And they had a, a raincoat draped over that. And these were coveted by Confederate soldiers who had n not nearly the access to all the good supplies that northern soldiers did. But this is early May, but, you know, in the, in the good old Commonwealth, it can start getting pretty hot about that time. And you're laying in an empty field, injured, dying, but they... The army had to move on, and they draped this little shelter over this soldier in mercy as he was dying. This Confederate didn't know that. All he saw was the raincoat. Here's my chance. And he goes to take the raincoat and starts removing it when a voice says, I ain't dead yet. We need to be like that today. Because just with the sound of the, his voice, the soldier was startled, and he ran away, leaving that raincoat there. Amen. Sometimes that's all you can do when you feel like you're weak and you're dying. You tell the enemy, I ain't dead yet. Amen. I might, you can see what's happening to my body, but I'm not giving up in my spirit. I'm going to fight until the end. Praise God. Another individual who came back from death's door was a lady named Holly K. Dunn. Not the singer that some of you may know, but this one was an 18-year-old uh, freshman at the University of Kentucky and she was with her boyfriend and they went to college classes that just started. They were sitting on the railroad tracks uh, drinking a couple beers. I'm not trying to glorify that but this is just what happened. Well out of nowhere behind a, an electrical box comes uh, a man who turned out to be the man that was called the railroad killer in the 90s. Turned out to be a serial killer. He, he killed her boyfriend. And then he thought he had killed her. They believe that maybe he killed as many as 23. She was able, over time, after they finally found him, and a scare went through all the nation as this kept happening. He would just travel on railroads, so they had no idea where he was or where he would strike again. But this woman survived, and she was able, once he was caught, and in the courtroom, because it was all nameless victims up to this point. But here was one who survived, and she was able to point out her killer and get him put away and where he could never hurt again. But she went beyond that. She didn't just survive. She, uh, she has a home called, I believe, Holly's Home. But this is what it said about the book that she just 
uh, had come out last year. Holly Dunn Pendleton is a survivor, a motivator, and a tribute to the human spirit. The victim of a vi violent physical and sexual assault and witness to her boyfriend's murder, Holly has become a beacon of hope and an inspiration to many. Miraculously living to tell her story, Holly motivates others to reclaim their lives after assault and to help her community build a network of healing and outreach. Holly's passion to advocate for other victims of violence is extraordinary, and it is this passion that has allowed her and organizations that she is a part of to teach and reach so many people. You may feel like that today, like your spiritual life is on life support. Are you ready to reclaim your life today? Are you tired of being beat up and wounded and things that just seem to be hanging right there and you, you pray and you ask God and to take it away and things don't seem to change? Well, it's time to have some change before the change. Praise God. There's a change that Jesus brings before we are changed in the twinkling of an eye. If you're here today, you are still in the fight. Don't give up. What you are going through most likely has many other people right in this room going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing. You are not alone today. Praise God. Now, there's a change that Jesus wants to bring, and it's about obedience. That's where it all starts. Jesus said that the whole law can be summed up in two commandments. Someone tell me what they are today. Love your neighbor as yourself. What's the other one? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You can find this in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. Growing up, and maybe you don't hear it as much anymore. Maybe it's just because we assume that everyone knows it. But this is not a feel-good kind of love that the Lord is talking about. And that's good if the feelings are there, don't get me wrong. But it's a love that's based on obedience. I heard uh, Tony Evans say on the radio the other day that God does not care about as much about our lips as he does our feet. In other words, it's not about what we say as much as what we do. Amen. You can tell your girl or your guy about how much you love them, but if you cheat on them behind their back, what good is it? And we can talk about the Ten Commandments being negative and if we want, but God gave them to us really as positives to protect us. Amen. And so don't fall into that trap when the world wants to talk about how negative Christianity could be. We don't have to be negative. We can look at it as in a positive. God gave us these commandments. Don't steal, covet, commit adultery, etc. And these are all intended to keep us on the narrow road that Jesus talked about. Jesus even addressed the commandment of thou shalt not commit adultery by taking it away. No, but he went a little bit further. And he declared that if we look upon someone in lust, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, but you've committed adultery in your heart. Amen. I don't say that today to condemn you. I'm just saying if you have sin in your life, God wants you to give it to him. He wants you to obey him. He wants you to follow him. And if you have trouble in these areas of your life, don't just dismiss it. Just don't be in denial about it, but be honest about it. Confess it to God. Turn around and go a different way. Go his way. 
Praise God. Now, in addition, listen to what John said in the book of 2 John, verse 5. I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Amen. Not ooey-gooey, but love that says, I'm your brother. I'm here for you. I, if you need me, I'm here. I'll pray for you. I'll stand with you. We walk in love. Even when, I mean, how many of you have someone in your family? Don't look at them. That annoys you. That drives you crazy. But you love them, don't you? You can put your hand down now, David. <laughs> David's my friend, so I can do that. But we love one another. Through thick and thin, through all the fire and rain, we love. Another change Jesus wants to bring about in the believer's life is spiritual maturity. There is so much talking about this change uh, that God wants to bring into our lives. And it's not about, hey, where you're at, you at right now and how far you have to go. It's no. God wants to bring you to a better place than where you are right now. He is reaching out to you today and say, you know, uh, a new year's coming. You don't have to uh, hold on to the state that you're in. I appreciate the last couple of days what God did in my life, just not just preparing this message, but trying to get myself to a place where I could get prepared for the message. There was for, uh, Thursday evening. Yeah, young people, you'll love this. I burned six CDs because I spent a lot of time uh, on the road, and it was twice as many as what I needed, but I wanted to make sure I had enough, so I did some good old Markovich overkill there, made six of them. No talk radio Friday, no news, uh, very sparingly, but I just listened to songs that I knew God had connected uh, with me and in my life, and I was just seeking him. God, speak to me. I was able to worship him and feel his presence, and, and even though there was <laughs> driving rain and going through some very uh, back roads uh, of Virginia between Chesapeake and Weldon, North Carolina. But God wants to bring about maturity in our lives. He's calling us up to a better place. And Paul charged the Ephesians to walk in unity in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. It says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And if he were here today, he would say, and in all y'all, praise God. He goes on to talk about, talking about maturity, talk about spiritual gifts, because there are so many things that are so basic to Christianity. But he goes on to say this, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. 
Praise God. All of these changes that God wants to bring into our life involve us being a willing participant. It's about being a Christian in the truest sense. It's about letting him work in our minds, keeping our hearts set on him, our soul desiring him, and doing all we can to see his will done through us. Don't misunderstand me today, folks. I'm challenging you. We're not giving you the beatdown, the condemnation that the devil brings. We're not talking about that today. The Bible says there are no condemnation. There's no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. So if you feel challenged by God today, respond to his challenge because he's trying to pull you up, not to beat you down. Verse 24 of this same chapter, Ephesians 4. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. You've got to put him on. Praise God. It's up to us. He will not leave us to do it alone, though. Amen. You just don't have to do it by yourself. That's the beauty of it. In John chapter 14, verses 25 through 27, Jesus said this, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So let me stop right here and say, if, you read, if you're reading your Bible, spending time in that, and you can't necessarily memorize that when you're trying to read your chapters, per se, but he can bring it to your remembrance because you put it there, uh, especially when you need it or when he's trying to speak to you. He went on to say in verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, but, I, but give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. You can rest, praise God. You can have peace in Jesus Christ. Um, daughter Rebecca said one day, all the world religions talk about how they're on this quest to find peace. But what Jesus Christ said, here it is. It's right here. Take it. Uh, you don't have to search for it. You don't have to climb a mountain for it. You don't have to walk on your knees for several miles to do that. He says, here it is. I'll give it to you if you just, just ask for it. Just believe me. Take it. And to finish up, talking about uh, maturity in Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 30, it says this. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Hey, we all get mad. How do you guys have a temper? I know how many of you guys don't want to admit you have a temper. <laughs> now my kids can tell you. Praise God. He said, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Amen. You think that you've got it pent up, and it's, he tries to tempt us that if, if you let it out, if you're on the golf course, throw that club. We're using that as a humorous example. But you know what? When you let it out like that, it don't make you feel any better. You just think about what a child I just was. Amen. Whatever it is, you got to let it out, but not like that. Give it to God. Take a walk. 
before you let out words that you can't take back. Praise God. Praise God. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Pastor gave an excellent message earlier this year about forgiveness. I've not forgot it. Forgiven not only helps the person you're forgiven, more than anything, it helps us. They might not even know there's anything to forgive. God wants to change us, folks. We need to let him. We have to let him. Otherwise, we just stay in the same place, going around and around and around again and wondering why things just seem the way that they are. Let's let God change us in 2019. That's the change. This is the change. That's the change that becomes before the change. Let's talk about the change of eternal resurrection. Praise God. Because no matter what happens in this life, Amen. You can walk tall. You can be relaxed. You can not be troubled in your spirit because everything works out well as well as it possibly can in the end. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, everyone's not going to die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall all be changed. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We don't do that a lot. Because we sometimes, I think we get confused because we live in this wonderful country of ours. But this country is on this earth. And this earth was cursed with sin when Adam and Eve sinned. So as good as we can try to make this country, and I think that we should and be responsible with that. But we can only go so far. Utopia is not going to be achieved in this place. Only when Jesus Christ returns and sets his feet on the Mount of Olives and begins his reign on this earth will that ever happen. Praise God. We need to comfort 
each other with these words. It's so easy around Christmas time. And I'm, the older I get, the more right in my face it is to think about everything that we've lost. wasn't planning on doing that. But, uh, you know, just a year ago, I lost my mother. It was happened to be the day before Thanksgiving. So this year, it fell on Thanksgiving Day. So I can focus on that. And you all have losses too. You can focus on those. But let's choose not to. We know those things happen. We know that they're real. And we can enjoy the memories of maybe Christmas has gone by or any, any other wonderful memory gone by. But folks, let's not park ourselves there. Let's comfort one another with the words of the Apostle Paul telling us that Jesus is coming back for us and we're going to be with him forever. Everything that we see here was made by something that's not seen, the Bible says. So there is that other dimension. But if, if we drift away, if we don't make an effort to search the Lord and, and seek him and find him, we forget that and we just go through the motions every day. It's the grind. It's back to work. It's another year. Oh, I made resolutions last year. No. Let's look forward. We have a Lord that's coming in glory. Amen. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall all be changed. Praise God. Praise God. I want to go back to 1 Corinthians 15. Verses 53 through 58. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass a saying that is written. And I saw it on the screen for a split second earlier. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. The curse has been lifted off of you, believer. Rejoice in that today. Praise God. He says in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God keeps good records, folks. He sees everything you do in secret. There's a very good reason, the very best reason known to mankind that we walk in this way. Praise God. This change, praise the Lord, precedes the best change of all. In heaven, some amazing things are going to happen. The book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 8, says the four beasts around the throne of our Lord will be declaring, Holy Holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And the 24 elders in verse 11, the Bible says they cast down their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and, and by your will they exist and were created. All things, everything that exists, even this flesh of ours, it's by his will. Now, I'm no scientist, but I heard it said one time that, and I never thought of it this way, that if you look at an atom, 
there's so many uh, like charges in Adam. But you know what happens to like charges? They repel, don't they? But the Word of God tells us, and you can look in Colossians, it basically says all things are held together by Him. We are held, even in a scientific sense, together by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His will that you're alive today. You are special to Him. You are important to Him. He died for each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. In Revelation 5.12, talks about the four creatures, the 24 elders, and angels too numerous to count, and they declare, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. In verse 13, the Word of God declares that every creature in heaven on earth and in the sea declare, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. I wish you could get a vision of heaven today, if not a vision, just a, a perception. God gave me something. I won't say it was a vision yesterday, but in, in my imagination, I had a picture of, of this scene, and I was overwhelmed with God's goodness and his grace and glory, and thought, wow, is there really anything to be that upset about in this life? Is there anything to uh, choose to let the strongholds of depression overtake me? No, if you would stand to your feet, asking the musicians and the prayer team to come. Coming to a close. Just as is said of Abraham in Hebrews 11, 9 through 11. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. We are just passing through this place called Earth. I love Virginia. It's my adopted home. I didn't grow up here, but I'm just passing through this place. We're looking forward to a city where we will see our Lord Jesus Christ in all of his glory for all of eternity. Let's not be discouraged about living for him in the here and now. Let's tell someone else about where we're going. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of people that need Jesus Christ. While we're going to see him, there are so many that won't. Let's let that motivate us today in 2019. We need not be afraid of the world hating us because they're going to hate us anyway because they already hated him. You'll never get as many likes as you want. I'm not on social media very much, but i got to confess to you today. I put something up there, and it'll hit me later. How many likes are up there? Who liked it? I can only imagine if I was growing up with it. Never going to get as many as you want. Let's not the worry of offending the many. Keep us from saving a few. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It just bothers me, uh, got a neighborhood I don't know how many are saved and not have a good idea about some and others I don't really know and I think God I live in this neighborhood how many of these people are lost and headed for eternal destruction let's ask God to keep the change coming until we're all changed is that your prayer today God wants to minister to you 
You're not dead yet. Draw close and evil and even closer. He wants to do that. Will you let him? Will you come to this altar? Will you pray? Will you respond to the challenge that's been given to you today? Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Will you come? I've been changed.